When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatt rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh. Welcome back, Fight Fans, to another episode of our Ones to Watch podcast in association with BTR Boxing Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bastow, and I'm shortly going to be joined by a 3-0 prospect for in the northeast of the UK by the name of Anthony Ornsby. He's going to talk to us about his story and his journey through boxing, where it all began for him, the first time he stepped in the gym, the amateur career, his professional career today, and what is life really like for a professional boxer at the ripe old age of 20. So, before we get into the episode, of course, come and find us on social media and give us a follow on Twitter at Once to Watch Pod. And if you want to check the Facebook page out, it's BTR Boxing Podcast. If you've not already subscribed to the podcast, you can do so because it's got its own feed. Check us out on Apple Podcasts or Podbean or Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, Spotify, Castbox, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there, Once to Watch Podcast. So, this is it then, guys. I really hope you enjoy this episode with 3 0 Prospect. Anthony Ornsby. Anthony, it's great to have you on the show. Wants to watch Series 3. Thanks so much for coming on. The pleasure has mine, me. I, uh, I appreciate the opportunity to come on and speak to you and have a crack. You know, it's, it's, it's good. It's good to get me. It's good to have talks with people. It's like the people that I need to talk with get me get my point out there as well as as well as everything else. That's it. It's, it's about getting yourself out there to, to people to know who you are what you're all about and you know where you're based what your journey's been like and and that's the whole point of the episode and the series so I think the best place for us to start Anthony is, is at the beginning and what it was that got you into boxing oh. <laughs> the reason I got into boxing I had like my mum my mum always wanted it like one because I was like I was a I was a beefy kid. I was a big boy, and my mom was like, "Just, just to lose weight, just, just get like." So I didn't get bullied and stuff. But uh, 
I, I was always like, why would I want to be a boxer? I didn't like fighting that. But then I went and I just, I got, it just grabbed us straight away. I just, and that's been it. This has been my life since 11, 12. This is all I've, this is all I've wanted to do. So you mentioned about being a little bit of an overweight kid, and obviously, you know that's, that that makes you a little bit of a target for people. You know, it's, it's easy Definitely. for people to to pick on people because of their hair color, because of the weight, things like that. Did you ever have to experience any of that when you was at school? Just a just a little, but I, I, I was lucky enough to never really. I was always just an Irish kid. I was all right with everybody, so no one really. I was lucky enough. I was fortunate enough to to not have nothing like that. It happened to us. It, it, it did a few times, and it, but in it, and when it did get brought up, it hurted. So that's why, that's why I was like, I've got to make a change in it. So do you think that was that was part and parcel, obviously, of of you know you obviously your weight and and people making sort of comments here and there. That was part and parcel of you going to the gym for the first time. Definitely, I was. Yeah. Reason number one, I'm going to lose weight if I go boxing. Um, rule number, well, reason number two. If anybody says anything again, at least I know what to do, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what was going on in my head at that point. Well, I understand. Everybody everybody has the right to defend themselves. And of course, of course. when you're in that situation, if you know how to defend yourself, then it does it does really help. Uh, but oh, definitely. Ob- but obviously, then, you got into the gym for the first time. So just going back in your mind, what was it like the first time you stepped through the doors of the gym? Super scary, man. I remember, honestly, just, everybody's just, Everybody's staring at you like you're the, the new bit of meat. <laughs> Scary times, but the club that I started at was well, it was it was home to me for my full amateur career. That's that's where I boxed as an amateur at Walls End ABC. And from from the first day, we had a we had a good bond, and then obviously coaches swapped up and stuff. So then I had a restart of a connection with these coaches, and then and that worked out even better. To be fair, that worked out even better with the new coaches, and then. Like through when I was when I was like going through the kids like through the like through like through my teens and stuff through the amateurs, the the coaches at Wolves End they helped like you know with the like what I was saying about the bullying and stuff they helped us a lot with that sort of that side of stuff. They kept us they kept us in the gym. They didn't let us go slacking. And without them, it would be it would be hard to say I would be here right now without like, without that without uh, the Wolves End coaches. Like when you was when you was training. To, to become an amateur boxer was there always was there always that sort of thought in your mind that this is what you wanted to do or was it literally just to go and lose a bit of weight and get fit well I, I started boxing in uh, unlicensed scene and that was, it was just I wanted to fight like, from my first fight until till now I just there's nothing that gets your hair standing up on the back of your neck like go like waiting for that walk out this like, you know what I mean like from, from my first fight the buzz I was just it was a, it's that's my drug. That's my addiction. Just going in there and just getting that the excitement, the thrill, the whether it's a good or bad, it's it's a good feeling, man. <laughs> yeah, I bet it is. I bet it is. I know a lot of people, you know, say the same things. Really, you know, about how how much mentally, you know, it does for them in terms of it keeps them disciplined, it keeps them focused. It, like you mm-hmm. said, it's like it's a it's their drug. It's their version of a drug to keep them going, to keep them Definitely. motivated and focused. So when you was when you was going through the amateur side uh, of the sport, obviously that's a lot different uh, for the benefit of people that maybe don't know a little bit 
about the amateurs, you know, it is more a point scoring based system. So it's like it's like fencing. It's it's, it's very strategic, and you've got to you've got to make sure you land enough punches to win the fight. And, and there's always yeah. there's always talk of people always getting robbed in the amateurs, and or mm. things not going the right way. And what what was it like for you? What what sort of tournaments did you compete in as an amateur? Well, the, I, I only boxed in the uh, in the Titans and we are championships, like the regionals. I only boxed in that, and I got the finals. I got beat, beat on a split, uh, which <laughs> which could have went you away. But uh, <laughs> I, know, I was dreading seeing that. But we got we, the club that I was at was like a like was just kind of like a, a small club, so we didn't have the, the best backing of the the official kind of thing. We, we didn't um, we didn't get robbed at that time. It was, it's, but that's just the amateurs. It's, they, they have to score the fight off of a like they don't score the fight how they think the, the fights were. There's like a proper a criteria. There's a proper yes. criteria how they score the fight. You just got to accept what it is and and move on. That's how we always got told, anyways. It is it is the case. I've been to a lot of amateur shows and I've seen where obviously because you know lads of that age uh, going through they're trying to refine the skills and sometimes you will get fights where you look at it and you think you couldn't really pick a winner because a lot of it is sometimes is quite scrappy because people are trying to refine the skills and yeah. there's, obviously, there's obviously the confidence and building confidence and and, and getting hit significantly mm. and what it's like to get hit for the first time properly by somebody and you go through a different range of emotions when you're in there. Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's a roller coaster. Uh, roller coaster and it's just getting in the ring. That part, like the, the, it's just a wave of everything. You're feeling scared, happy, everything. It's it's a crazy buzz. But but especially in the amateurs, it's, it's hard when it's the scoring system's hard to hard to work with because of the different styles. Like some kids box range, some scrap, and then some just run throw straight shots for for six minutes. And now some people kind of do that, so they're not going to get like even if they are the better boxer, they're not going to like they might not get the decision against the kid who can just throw straight shots for six minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, with that side of it, like I said earlier, you, you're kind of refining your craft, you're owning your craft, you're learning, and then it's ultimately your decision as to whether you think you're good enough to turn pro and whether your coach thinks you're good enough to go pro. And, and that kind of moves us on nicely, really, about your amateur career uh, to pro career. When you finish as an amateur, what was what was your actual record? 31. I, th- I, I think I, I lost about eight or nine. And then I won, obviously won the rest. I think about five. I, I can't even remember. I didn't even... We just used to turn up... And, if there was a fight on the day, then we'd fight. That was how we got got put in the way. Raji's from Wolverhampton. Yeah, this, you know, this is it. Like again, for benefit of people who don't really fully understand the amateur side of the sport, you're literally up and down every single weekend, different parts of the country all the time, doing different things. So it's it's understandable that some kids will not remember it unless someone's keeping score for them of how many contests they're actually involved uh, in. That, well, you could fight, like, when I was boxing, it was every 12 hours, you could have, like, something some crazy like that, you could, like, like, you could box every every day, it was mental, but, so, like, like we, well, that's what we tried to do, we tried to keep as active as we could, so it was always, always a travelling, travelling mission power. So, when you got to the, what you would say is the end of your amateur career, what was your decision then? Was it just automatically, I'm going to turn professional? Or no. was it, what was it, something else? 
Well, I got um, I actually I started like as a lot of the downfall of a lot of other boxers. I started uh, I started I started having uh, enjoying the alcohol and going out with me mates, and I, I I got into that life, and then I, I then I just looked at myself and I was like. I'd put, I was, I, I used to fight like 75 kilo, like 75 in the amateurs, and I weighed in like 86 kilo. I was like, what on earth am I doing? I just went, I just ballooned up. I was like, ah, if I, it's either going to do the, the, the drinking path or I can't do the box like that. I can't just get a normal job and just have a normal life or I can try and make something of this. And Steve, it, it was, my manager, Steve Reef, he got it, he, he tech because I was friends with him before I signed with him. And then, he asked us, he was like, well, seeing as you're not doing anything, why don't you turn pro, see what, see what you think, see what you think of it. What did I have to lose? I, I didn't, I wasn't doing anything anyways. And so that, that's what edged us to turn pro. It was, it wasn't, I, I didn't think, I was, I didn't, that's not why I left the amateurs, I left the amateurs. Anyways, I was just getting, I was just enjoying life. But reality hits hard. <laughs> <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Because you obviously, what else do you do then? You have to go out and get a normal job and and and, and yeah. move your move your career forward that way. But obviously, if boxing something you've been doing for years, it's like you said, it's a drug. It's hard to give up. It's hard to get away from. And, and obviously, you now you're now back at it, and now you're a professional. So you turn professional. When you turn professional, was it always the intention to to go as the home fighter? Because I know how difficult it is to sell tickets to cover the cost of your opponent and again people don't always appreciate that that's how it works in the sport so when you turn pro you're either you go in the home corner and you have to sell so many tickets to cover the opponents for, for the say mm-hmm. the first 10 15 fights of your career before you get a big deal or you go in the away corner and get paid say every week or every other week so with, with you turning pro was it always the the intention to go as the home fighter I don't mind traveling to fight. I'm just never gonna. I don't wanna. I don't wanna go down a a journey. Like, I hate to use like, a journeyman path, if you know what I mean. Like, I would never. I would. I would never like just just fight for money and like try like fight every every like survive every fight just to fight next week. That's yeah. Respect the people that do it because that it's a job. But I I don't know. I'm too competitive for that stuff, me. I. I whether I'm the home fighter or the away fighter, though, that's that's not a that's no problem. It's just a fight at the end of the day. Whether people boo us or cheer us, just gonna get in there and do what I got to do, innit? Well, that's it, isn't it? I mean, journeymen, as you said, uh, the, the, they are the backbone of the sport. Without them, of course, we, you wouldn't be able to learn a bit more about your craft in the ring as a professional. And and obviously, Absolutely. they've got a different job to do than what than what you have on the night. So. You turned professional, you had your first fight. Talk me through what the emotions were like in the lead up to that. To the debut, ooh, it was I didn't really know what to expect. I was with a, uh, I was I was being trained by a, a bloke that I'd I'd, I'd I'd trained with in the amateurs, like would would go sparring at his gym at like what well, he was a he was a he was a top bloke. And it, it was it was great friends and stuff and I just don't feel I prepared as hard as I should have. Because we were friends, we had like it was harder to listen to him. Like maybe only eighteen, maybe only eighteen, I was immature still. Yeah, I wouldn't listen. I, I, I thought I knew it. I thought I knew it all. So the nerves were more because of the preparation more than more than anything. Obviously, like the the getting of the it was all the company, like, the setup, the the venue and stuff. It was completely different to what I was what I was used to like. But I felt 
uh, risk more than that. Like, I felt all right until the walkout, like, when we had to walk out and I seen the kid, I, like, me, uh, me all started flapping it, sorry about swearing, um, I started <laughs> flapping a bit, but we got it done. <laughs> so, like, it's all good. That first fight, you got that, you won it on points, you got the victory. Uh, what What's it like, you know, getting that, that feeling at the end of getting your hand raised and obviously in front of the people that love you and, and want you to succeed? There's not a feeling I've felt like it. It's just a warm feeling. You just feel on top of the world. And having the people that that have been along, like your family, your friends, everybody that's supporting you, and to have that, like hearing them, seeing them in the crowd screaming, it, oh, mate, it gives us, it's giving us goosebumps now. I'm getting the, like, the sweat of the hairs are standing up on the back of my neck just thinking about it. It's like I say, mate, it's a drug and it's, it's hard to get over. This is like the most addictive that's this is that's the most addictive feeling that's what keeps you like keeps bringing you back for more that well and i can win it so let's let's try it that so it, that's that's the buzz and then seeing all your teammates as well like because obviously it's a lonely sport but there's, there's there's a team behind it you know what i mean so your second fight and your second fight was actually at the stadium alight which is sunderland's football stadium and that yeah. was a, b- a big bill for the North East because you had, obviously, names like Simon Valili on there. You had Darren Surtees, you had Lawrence Osaki, and you had, obviously, guys that are up and coming like Joe Laws. And yep. y- you're on that card with all these other prospects from, from the North East area. To go into your second fight, what what was that like? Uh, I was a, it, was a, it was overwhelming, having, like, like seeing all the all them people that were in the changing rooms, like, it was crazy because, like, to think from where, I, like, where I started, like, I was thinking about this yesterday, like, from where I started and, like, to now, it's like it's been a, it, it's, we've, I've came far and, like, I've, I've just started noticing how far I've actually came, like, recently, like, I was like, like, thinking just to, I'm, I'm, I had Glenn McCrory, former world champion, in my corner at the stage of my life, like, having him wrapping my hands, having him warming us up, all that stuff, mate, is, like, it's a dream come true for me. I used to watch Glenn Spawn. That was the, probably the best experience of my life at the stage of my life, that fight. That was probably the best fight I've had, like, experience-wise, with, with the people that were there and whatnot. Yeah, I definitely had to be. And obviously, Glenn's, you know, he's very well known. He's a very nice guy. I've met Glenn and he's, he's yeah, very hosp- yeah. hospitable to everybody that he meets. And, Top you know, with, with the experience he'd had over the years and the sparring he'd been involved in and the people he'd been around over the years, it's well documented. So having someone like that in your corner with that much experience, I think it must be a bit of a compliment uh, to yourself, really, because for, for someone like that to want to push the northeast boxers on and, and, and give them you know the wealth of knowledge and experience helping them out it must obviously like you say give you that unbelievable feeling thinking you know this guy is the guy i've watched on the telly is and he, he's a hero in this neck of the woods and yeah here he is wrapping my hands absolutely absolutely like before like when i first went and met him in the gym and stuff i, I didn't really feel any different to what, like meeting anybody else's coach like because i went to spoil one of his like one of his boxers, um, I, and I didn't feel like I was spawned with anything. No, like, you know what I mean? It felt normal. And then, like, when I started boxing for him, it, I started watching the videos of him sparring Tyson and stuff at the Donald Trump Plaza. And it was just like, uh, like wow. Like, it's like he's really been to the top. Like, well, that's me thinking of where he ended up is it like, it seems like for real for me. Like, wow. But 
They, he sure it can be done for a little for a boy from Stanley. If, any, if anyone can do it, we can do it. Glenn McCrory was the IBF cruiserweight champion at one point in his career and obviously brought that world title back to the North East so to have that level of support behind you and obviously the North East is, is thriving at the moment for boxing some of the names I mentioned earlier great yeah, names right. doing really really well and, and, and moving on in the careers so yourself you, are you campaigning at welterweight at the moment? My last fight was welterweight 10 stone 4 but I'm going to try and just keep dropping I still had weight I was still, I could definitely cut more weight off for, for the fight if I needed to. So that's just showing us that I can't, I can't get lower. Like, think like if you, like if you swap over ten stone four, it's ten. That's sixty five kilo. That's sixty five. That's ten kilo lighter than I used to fight as an amateur. Like that, me, I used to think getting a sixty nine would be hard, but getting a sixty five. But then when I try to do the I tried to get it. it. It flew off. Like when the weight flew off at the end, I thought I thought I thought it was going to be hard to get like, the weight down. But in the end, I probably I could have probably got a lot more off. But by the time that I was in the ring, I was I was sweet. I was ready to go. What do you think, knowing your body better than anybody? What do you think your optimal weight will be? Do you think you'll sort of look at welterweight as as the main division, or would you drop down and go to super lightweight? Would that be something you'd look at? Probably. I could probably do. Uh, I could probably. I'll do featherweight. I, I think. I, well, I definitely do featherweight. But, but then again, I'm in no rush. Like I will go to featherweight when I'm ready. Like I don't. I'm. I'm gonna just drop every fight. Every fight, I'm gonna just drop a little bit weight off. Keep it coming down. I, I'm 20. I'm. Well, I'm 21 this month. Like I'm a baby still in the sport. You know what I mean? I'm, unfortunately, I have got time on my side for that. So get the weight down and see where I end up that's the that's the plan so 2020 for you then Anthony is going to be all about probably looking at what weight's going to work best for you for the long term campaign uh, as a professional mm-hmm. fighter so this year then in terms of activity h- how how many fights would you like to be involved in this year you know ideally 6 or 7 or more if I can I want to. I want to be active this year. And like, obviously, I've had three fights since 2018. It's been a slow start, and then um, 2020, I, I plan on stepping it up a notch, a few notches, and just just show that I'm here. To, I'm here to do something too. Like, I'm. In terms of of ambitions, and you know, you were talking about earlier on about being how competitive you are and being competitive and looking to to progress on. If if you was to say your long-term ambition was something in particular in terms of a level that you want to get to. What is that level that you'd want to get to uh, to say, I've, I've made a success of my career? <laughs> the end goal for everybody in boxing is to bring a world title home, but that's too easy to say. I just, just get my... All I want to do is get my family, like, settled, like, have them, have, like, just live them all right, have them living decent... They like just, I don't know, just make something out, just have something, get something worth it. So to get to like a minimum level, so obviously you've got your area level and then you've got your English and then you've got your British Commonwealth and Worlds. So what would be the minimum sort of level you'd want to get to that brings the success that you're talking about in terms of helping support your family as well? World, world level. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not sure, I'm not sure where I'm at and I'm not sure, I'm not sure where I'm going to end up at. Maybe it's European. I would like to try like, try and eventually one. But I, I think I mean I want to I want to reach for the stars. I want to try and be a world champion. I'm not going to say I'm, I am going to be a world champion. I'm going to do I'm going to do everything I can to get that far. 
and if not then I'll, I'll grab a handful of cloud like Mike Tyson says but European would be I'll, I'll be happy with a European British European eye I, th- I know it's That's... a difficult question I know I can understand that because you're so young and you're so early on in your career and obviously everybody <laughs> everybody gives the easiest answer which is I want to become a world champion and People say, oh, well, if you're not in it to become a world champion, there's no point. Well, I don't necessarily believe that. I mean, I, I've seen some of the greatest fighters that Britain's produced only ever get to British and European level. I mean, we've seen fighters like Jamie Moore and Ryan Rhodes, two guys that should have won a world title that never did, you know what I mean? So absolutely. There's, hope, there's absolute hope for anybody that gets into this anybody sport. Anybody and get... everybody, isn't there? Exactly. So it, it's great that obviously you've got these ambitions and obviously you want to support your family and that's... A lot of it, it does boil down to that for people as well, about getting into it for the competitive side, but also trying to give your family a little bit of an easier life. Because that's what we've got that's, to work for, isn't it? That's, that's what I will work for, isn't it? We want to just have everybody ha- happy and want to just get the family comfortable. That's, the, that's, how it, that's just how it is. Not, like, that's, every, that's everybody's natural mentality. Just get everybody, like, get your family fixed, get everyone sorted. That's... That's the plan for everybody in it. So, so in terms of, of, of yourself, then, let's just move away from the boxing now as we come towards the end. Let's talk yeah. about you. You've talked about yourself a little bit earlier on a couple of years back when you were going out and partying and doing all the things <sighs> younger lads would do. But as a boxer now, being disciplined, what do you do? What do you do to you know for fun? What do you get up to now? I train, man. That's, this is my life. I've got a, I've got a full-time job as an electrical uh, electrical engineer. So I'm here, then I'm I go straight from here to the gym, and then after the gym, there's pretty much I've got pretty much nothing left in the tank to do anything. So I just go chill with my girl or something. I don't know, but I'm I'm, I'm never really anywhere other than the gym or at work. That's that's my life. I've got no got no in fun little hobbies on out yet. So it's literally just eat, sleep, work, boxing, repeat. That's that's life, mate. That's my life. This is this is what I want to do. Oh, that's so understandable. And I think I think the final sort of a question I've got to ask you really is about your your journey that you're on. And, and do you have any support for from any local businesses? Is there anybody that's sponsoring you at the moment? The list of sponsors, me. I've got I've I've got a lot of local support. I've got I've got a lot of sponsors. I've got I've got twenty odd sponsors now. Like without them all. Like no spas, Horton International. I've got like Buena Vida who fixed my feed up, my food up. I've got uh, the CBD companies. I've got roofing companies. I've got like I've got a lot of people who, especially the people that have like I've got a few of them that used to train with one like that knows from forever. Who, like that's good having. I feel it's good having people that have been with us from the start. And then the people that don't know us, that, that means a lot to us as well, because I've got people that, that don't know us and they're still willing to help us. It's amazing. Well, exactly. It's, it's, it's like I'm actually doing something, yeah. Like, I'm getting somewhere. I've got people that I don't even know wanting us to do do well. What more could I ask for from it, like, personally? This is, this is what I love, and I've got people loving me, loving what I'm doing. It's class. It's amazing. It's good to. It's really good to hear because obviously you can imagine there's some fighters that I speak to and, and they don't have sponsors and they're doing what you're doing. They're having to work. They're having to train. They're having to work. They're having to train. It goes in that order, like like literally. And then got people like that backing you. It gives you that sense of feeling of 
people are genuinely excited about your journey and, and where you're going to potentially go. So to have that support behind you is amazing. And obviously a big shout out to them all. They know who they are. You've mentioned a few of them. 100%. And, and, and they're helping you support this journey to, to where you want to take it so that's fantastic and you know thank you for for all the support they're giving to you because it, it uh, wouldn't be possible would it me i'm i'm lucky to have the people that might i feel like my team's a bit like obviously everyone's here my team's the best team i've got the best support the best sponsors the best coaches the best just the best of everything i've got the best that i need anyways at least i've got like my, my family or like that like, without my family me i would never have I would never have got anywhere near this point, this part of my life, without them. My mom does, my mom, my mom, like um, most of my family do. My social media, like they do all that sort of stuff. That, like they all, they all hold their end of the deal and do more than the, they will more than they should. I'm just uh, really lucky to have the people I've got with us, mate. In terms of where people are going to be able to find you and see if they want to follow your journey, uh, what social media platforms do you have and how can they get get hold of you? Um, Instagram, I've got well, I've got my uh, Anthonsby Pro Boxer or Anthonsby, just Anthonsby. That's my normal one. Or both <laughs> Anthonsby on Facebook, Anthonsby Pro Boxer on Facebook, and uh, Anthonsby One on Snapchat. I think <laughs> that's, that's I think I, I don't think I've got, I haven't got Twitter yet. Uh, I need to get on that. If anybody yeah, wants to follow you, then that's where they can do it, of course, and that's where they can see your yeah. progress. Well, it's been it's been a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for sharing your journey with us and to to everybody that listens to the podcast, and so obviously all your fans and friends and family that will be listening in, and, and obviously thank you to to all them. Thanks thanks for obviously to your mum Sharon for for putting you in touch with me to get you on the ones to watch series. You know, big shows are doing this. <laughs> it's great to be able to get you on, and I really appreciate. Appreciate your time and, and all the best of uh, luck for this year. Appreciate it, my man. Thank you very much. Been a pleasure. I've and really enjoyed it. It's been good crack. So there you go, guys. That was a great episode with three and old prospect Anthony Ornsby. He's fighting on the 29th of February on an MTK show up in the northeast. So please go and check him out if you're from that area and you're listening to this episode. Please go and get a ticket off him. It'll truly help his progress as he goes through the ranks. So, if you've enjoyed listening to this episode and you want to find more episodes of the Ones to Watch series, you can go and check us out on Twitter at Ones to Watch Pod, and you can check us out on Facebook. The Facebook page is BTR Boxing Podcast. If you've not already subscribed to the Ones to Watch podcast, please go and do so by checking us out on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We will be there go and find us rate review and subscribe we truly truly appreciate all your support and thanks for listening to this episode of wants to watch Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.